And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, episode 81, and quite possibly the last episode we're going to be doing in 2017, Matt. Yes, and it's not the only last thing we'll be talking about. Oh, but dum but dum Shitty segue there. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that segue, Matt. I thought it was A-okay. <laughs> if, uh, if people didn't know, there was a little indie movie that came out this year, a little, little, little space story uh, people might have heard of, a, a sequel of sorts. Yes, uh, an eighth, eighth chapter sort yeah. of thing and, uh, but really it's like the 10th yeah but i mean depending on how you want to count that uh so full disclosure matt and i actually had something completely different planned uh for today that we were supposed to do but that involved some special guests who sadly couldn't be with us we're not not doing the special thing i promise we just had to reschedule it and you might get it a little later down the line so instead we figured hey you know what there was a lot of important stuff that happened this week anyway, so we said, screw it, let's just make episode 81 a normal episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everyone was telling us to as well. <laughs> also, everyone was telling us to. It's funny, on Twitter, a bunch of people said, oh, you know, all this new news and all this movie stuff, you know, I bet I bet the comic multiverse is going to be great this week when you guys end up recording. And I'm like, hell yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be great, it's going to be great. They don't know they're getting something else. <laughs> oh, this is awkward. Oh, well. But yeah, so I guess we'll start off this thing with the big thing that everyone, the piece of news that's been on everyone's tongues, and that is, hey, uh, that Fox uh, Marvel deal, that Fox Disney deal that we've been talking about forever, you know, this pie-in-the-sky idea that might happen down the line sometime, uh, yeah, it's actually moving forward. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a done deal. It's not fully done yet i don't think they 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 finalize stuff until like the end of 2018 they're still dotting their t's crossing their i's and they need the money men and the lawyers to look at it but the long story short of it is disney has bought the entertainment arm of fox for 52 billion dollars yeah even more because i think they actually took on some debt from fox as well mm. so i think it just like an even 60 I, I did say fledgling entertainment uh, division. They bought everything that wasn't news and sports. So don't worry, Fox News fans is gonna stay. Yeah, yay! Yeah, yeah. That's that's the story. <laughs> that's the story no one is telling. That Disney just put fifty uh, two billion dollars into Fox News. <laughs> no one was telling that story. But where the where the fuck you think it's going? <laughs> We're breaking it. We're breaking it. We're breaking news. The comic multiverse says, hot off the presses, <laughs> hot from the sources directly near my bunghole, so you can believe them. <laughs> that's, that's where it came from. But yeah, so uh, obviously the thing that people were most interested about this, because they certainly weren't interested in Disney getting a firmer stranglehold on entertainment in the world, what they were interested in is that this now officially means Marvel Studios has all the toys back in the box now. They have use of all the characters they lost, all the characters that Marvel sold off to studios back uh, when they weren't doing so good to keep their heads above water. Yeah, the only thing they don't have now is the Spider-Man villains. That's like the only thing they don't have. Right, but they have a working deal with Sony, and yeah. chances are, hey, if, if they could do this, they might do something else. <laughs> 
Look, just just we'll get we'll give you fifty two billion dollars. We just had fifty two billion dollars sitting around to spend. We made it in the last year from our movies. It's it's our little Christmas gift to ourselves. Uh, again, I, I bring up the uh, Monopoly thing, which that's that's not to rain on your parade, which I know lots of people were giving me uh, guff about when I was talking about that on social media. Uh, apparently, one of the last hurdles this deal will have to go through before it's officially finalized is antitrust lawyers are actually looking at it to make sure it doesn't break international Monopoly laws. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it, it won't. It, there'll, there'll be something that means that it won't break it, but now, yeah. Again, I, I doubt Disney would put up the money if they didn't think they were going to get a return on it. Furthermore, if it does break international monopoly laws, that's fine, because as we've seen with the FCC and net neutrality, giant corporations always get their way in America. Yeah, yeah, they'll just, you know, give someone else another $52 billion. Exactly. How, how fucking weird is it that both those stories broke on the same day? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know what this says, but it says something. <laughs> it was very weird on my uh, on my Facebook and on my Twitter and everything, where it's like, oh, half my feed is super stoked about the X-Men and Fantastic Four coming back. <laughs> the other half are super bummed about the loss of net neutrality in America. I don't, I don't know whether to drink this 40 or pour it out. <laughs> just, just a little sip and just, a little pour. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do the Homer Simpson thing. One for me, one for you. One for me, one for you. Ooh, ooh. Or get really like tricky with it, pour it out, but then like drink it before it hits the ground. <laughs> <laughs> one for me, one for my homies. So, what do you think about this, Matt? I, I think it's pretty. I think a lot of people that are complaining about it don't really understand what it means, mm. and because uh, I, I think they think that like Disney kind of like strong armed them into like selling off no, their stuff, no. where it's not the case at all. Whereas Fox was looking to sell and looking to sell for years. It was either going to be um, them or Comcast. It's just Disney yeah. had more money and more of a reason to buy it. And probably it's probably better that it wasn't Comcast. Yeah, I am no fan of Comcast either. No, no. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see what they're going to do. People obviously say, oh, now all their movies are going to be PG-13. So that's not the case. Now mm -hmm. they have a studio that they can use to produce more adult content. Exactly. And, and you know, R-rated stuff with like Fox Studios, Fox Searchlight, all those studios. They have their now they really do deadpool is the perfect example where it's like one of the top guys at disney is like yeah we're open to doing r-rated yeah. movies did you see how much money deadpool made we'd be stupid yeah. if we didn't want to make that kind of money exactly i don't understand why people are like oh now deadpool 2 is going to be canceled because it's r-rated like no they're not going to cancel something that's probably going to make them you know 900 million dollars or something oh. you know they'd be stupid to do that also deadpool 2 is like almost halfway done are they in the editing phase i know they're in the teaser trailer phase i'm pretty sure they are they're pr they've pretty much finished filming it and they're editing it post-production stuff Question is, all these future projects uh, going into it, do they start seeding uh, stuff to let you know that they're now part of the MCU? Or do they go back to the drawing board on a lot of these? Because, like, uh, what is it? X-Men Phoenix or Dark Phoenix or whatever the hell they're calling it. That's happening. We've seen the artwork for it. We've seen the production stills. That one's definitely going to come out. But is that going to be the last X-Men movie with yeah. this cast before they decide to Tom Holland it and take everything mm. back? 
Maybe that that that's the the weird thing. The good thing is though that I think that movie is set in like the 80s or something. Mm. So you have a little bit of work around room, right. but at the same time, it, it would be difficult because you obviously have characters from the MCU that were around mm. during then and aren't going to be in that movie. So yeah, yeah. N- New Mutants looks to be fairly self-contained, which is both a blessing and a curse in this situation. I imagine they would take a wait and see approach. And be like, oh, did people like that? Well, then, yeah, of course it's folded in. Yeah, of course it's part of it. Oh, people hated it? Well, then it's in another universe. Yeah, it, it looks self-contained at the moment with the with what little we've seen. That could obviously change in the final film, and it mm. could be much more connected. But, yeah, uh, I'd be interested to see if that ends up staying in the MCU or they somehow fold it in or something. Yeah. Say well, these ca- these characters and actors are in that, but that movie wasn't or something. Yeah, yeah. It. I actually probably one of the X Men properties I actually probably feel the most worried for, and you and I were talking about this with Mitch as well. Uh, the fate of Gifted, because we really like Gifted now. Yeah, I'm a couple episodes behind, but yeah, it's a really good show, and it's something that you can't really bring over into the MCU. They've they've already made it impossible with the things they've said and the things they've done. They've already made it impossible to fold it in, or at least really difficult to fold it in. Yeah. They would have to House of Emmett, but then again, hey, after some characters who showed up in the previous uh, episode, I wouldn't put that past them now to be like, oh, hey, guess what? Gifted now exists in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. universe. Yeah. That, that that would be pretty cool. I'd like that. Uh, the good thing is, though, Legion is pretty much safe uh, because it, it's really self-contained. And it's a weird mindfuck of a show. We don't even know yep. what the year is that show takes place in. Yep, definitely. So you've got some r- wiggle room there a little bit. It's not tied to any one particular thing. Yeah, Legion, I would uh-huh. say, is safe. And plus, again, season two rolling along although they said season two they're going to be doing more of their own thing and less of the comic book thing so i don't know legion is a weird thing legion is its own weird case it is it is i mean the question now says okay how long do we have to wait before they start the ball rolling on a new fantastic four movie i'm guessing after infinity war do they start uh planting some seeds in infinity war did they know when they were developing that movie that they possibly had fantastic four well i like to think that like Kevin Feige, like I think this this deal's obviously been going on for a while. Mm. So I like to think like Kevin Feige is the type to have like a contingency or something. So like because I think that's what they did with with um Spider Man, Sp- yeah Spider Man. Like if they couldn't get him, they'd have someone else in that role or something. Right. So I think maybe maybe not for Infinity War, but maybe for like Avengers Four, right? Like like a like a sting or just like a mention of something that says that they're in this universe now. There, there yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be like the like the actual mm. cast turning up in in the movie yeah. or anything. There, there is still the hanging question because we mentioned Spider Man Homecoming. There, who who bought the now defunct Stark Tower? Exactly. It, I think that's like one of those things that he left ambiguous to see like what would happen. Yeah, purposely so. And here's the funny thing. You could tell this deal was in the hopper for a while because we're already starting to see the ripple effects of it in the comics. We got our first look at yeah. Infinity this week. 
uh, was that we saw the cover. It's the next big cosmic event, which will be hitting, you know, hey, surprisingly, just in time for the Infinity War movie. <laughs> and look at all the different characters and all the different hands we see represented there. We see mutants. We see members of the Fantastic Four. We see scrolls. We see two types of cosmic characters. We see guardians. We see everything. Yeah, as I said, yeah, this deal's probably been going for quite some time. So, yeah, it's all sort of contingency plans and everything. And yeah, it's it's so good that they're coming back in the comics as well. They they got the, the Marvel two in one starts this week. Starts this week, so the Fantastic Four will be coming back in a big way. the The first issue is called the Fate of the Four. Exactly. Yeah, it's oh so good. It's called the Fate of the Four over in uh what is it uh the Uncanny X Men book uh Charles Soul uh Professor X is back alive now in a weird yep. way but he's back yep. alive yeah. Now. Yep, yep. So again, it makes me think that they're like, no, 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 we're feeling we're feeling good about this. We can pull, we can start pulling the trigger on some of these. And if it's a problem, just reel it back. Just reel it back if we don't get it. <laughs> but you can you can start pushing this a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, I'm really excited to see all the, the, the stuff that, that getting these characters back does for the the MCU, the comics and everything else. In in many ways I hope it helps them get their head straight cuz you know as much as I have been enjoying Marvel books and there's a lot of good Marvel books, don't believe the hype when people tell you there's not, but there definitely seem to be a disconnect between all the different offices and a real kind of mm-hmm. barrier of like don't do anything directly connected to any of these franchises we don't own. Yeah, yeah, they 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 go so far as to sometimes just kind of shit all over them a little bit. Yeah. To be like, oh, you know, the Fantastic Four, oh, the X-Men, who would want to hang out with them? They're not even cool, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean the, the Fantastic Four is one of the building blocks of your universe. It's like the first one. <laughs> how, can you, how can you shit on that one? I mean, Lee and Kirby back in the day, you just can't pretend the first family doesn't exist. Oh, whatever. Uh, the the X Men. I mean, come on, mutants. They were they were your most popular books. They were out, <laughs> they were out selling Avengers for the longest time. And now you're going to pretend yeah. like they don't matter, and you're going to try and make us love the Inhumans more now. Which hey, I like <laughs> the Inhumans, but don't be surprised if they're not at the center of every event anymore. No, no, they'll probably just sort of fade back into with everything else and sort of be around, but not center of attention. You know who did so good as an Inhuman, and she's probably the most success uh, successful one. Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> and, ev- and everyone keeps telling me where it's like, and you know what? They probably would have made her a mutant if they had the rights. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which That's honestly, true. which honestly, I'm glad they didn't because being a an Inhuman and being a particularly popular Inhuman makes Kamal Khan a lot more interesting than a lot of those breakout mutants they've had over the years. Yeah, she's not just like another popular mutant. Exactly. Now she's like one of the most in pop, uh, most popular in humans. Maybe more popular than the royal family sometimes. <laughs> just, just, just this street level character from Jersey with stretchy powers. Uh, but, but yeah. So that's uh, that, that's the Disney Fox deal, everyone, and a little bit about Infinity. I guess another big piece of Marvel news because this has been a really Marvel heavy uh, week for news uh we got to see the uh spider-man trailer the spider-man edge of spider-verse trailer the one with miles yeah it it looks pretty cool looks very artistic i'm glad they went with the style and didn't try and ape anything that's going on at pixar and disney at the moment yeah it's um it's like this weird sort of claymation-ish sort of thing going for it where like the frame rate is not quite what we're used to in our eyes so it's a little bit jittery and it looks really cool though 
looks looks very music video ish in a way. I, I yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Very unique, and it's nice to see people responding to it. Because I don't know about you, Matt, but recently when it comes to comic book stuff and art, suddenly everyone is a huge art critic for some reason. <laughs> like, I've read so many things of people being like, well, perfect example, the new Punisher book that came out this week. They're like, oh, I hate that art. You know, oh, this art looks so ugly. I'm like, it's a style. It's what they're going for. It's an art style. Do you people not know what art styles are anymore? <laughs> like Squirrel Girl is another one that gets thrown under the bus a lot. I'm like, it's an art style. It's supposed to look that way. It's supposed to look cartoony because she's a cartoony kid. Really? When did everyone become art critics all of a sudden? <laughs> God damn. But yeah, so that's uh, that's Spider Man. I thought it's interesting where it's like, okay, they're revealing Miles to the public almost for the first time because obviously, as comic book fans, we've gotten to know him for years. We've gotten to like him. I think it's kind of funny that their first stab at like, oh, here's quintessentially half black half hispanic spider-man the the story also has to be oh but there's a whole universe of spider-man out there so all you guys who would get mad about this don't get mad about this <laughs> but seriously uh, D D donald glover sounds uh, or not donald i always say it's donald glover but i'm wrong it's not him it's the dude from that show yeah that 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 show. That show, that guy. Oh, I feel like an idiot. I said this in the Spider-Man commentary, too, and I got raked across the coals for not knowing it, and rightly so. That's that's my brain wanting it to be Donald Glover so bad, but it's not. I know, it, it kind of makes sense that, like, oh, yeah, it'd be Donald Glover voicing him. Yeah. No, it's not. No, I've made that mistake so many times, and I'm so, and I'm wrong every time. <laughs> But still, they got a good actor for it. They got a good art style for it. The trailer looked super cool, and I think it piqued a lot of interest of a lot of people who don't know what the deal with that is. Yeah, yeah, I, I know I had people who aren't really comic book fans see the trailer and be like, oh, that's that looks pretty cool. I might see that. And I'm like such just a fan of animation, too. Yeah, yeah. My hope is that this does really well, and maybe Marvel starts thinking, well, maybe we should do more animated movies. Maybe there's plenty yeah, of other yeah. characters who could spawn this universe. I mean, hey, you have a backlog of super interesting, super likable characters that uh, really, uh, what is it, appeal to young people. So maybe, like, if Miles does really good, then, like, Sam Alexander Nova should get a movie and <laughs> so on and so forth and just, like, all these other characters. Basically, all the champions could get a movie, couldn't they? And you could always be like, no, 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 it's not confusing. They're, they're animated. If you want the adult versions, go watch the movies. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Nova. Did you see, like, what happened with James Gunn recently? No, what happened recently? Um, Some guy from some fucking comic book website uh posted his 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 uh james gunn's phone number online oh, and told fuck. told people to call him to basically harass him for a nova film god damn it and, and did james gunn had the best response like really doing that's going to make me not want to do a film this is the best way for you not to get a film <laughs> i know right jesus christ james gunn was funny too this week because when that fox disney news came out he said hey you know who the guardians should totally meet the silver surfer Oh, oh! You can't stop it, stop it, James Gunn! Stop it! Yeah, it's, 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 it's stop it, James Gunn. We're already hard. Stop it! <laughs> we cannot get any more hard, James Gunn. <laughs> man, yeah. man, this is going to be so cool once they finish with Thanos and they go like, oh, who do we do next? Well, Galactus. Let's let's tease him over the course of like two phases with Silver Surfer in his 
everyone else. Yeah, imagine a dude who eats plants. Yeah, imagine Silver Surfer just showing up in a Guardians movie and be like, no, 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 this guy's the real deal. He's coming for Earth. Okay, crazy guy, whatever. No, no, my name is Norrin Rad. You have to listen to me. <laughs> and they just keep blowing him off because they're the irreverent Guardians of the Galaxy only for him to get to Earth and it'd be like, oh shit, he was telling the truth. <laughs> that, that guy's for real. That would be great. I, I know some people were talking too. It's like you know, would would they get uh, would they recast a brand new Wolverine or would they get Hugh Jackman back? And I think Hugh Jackman unequivocally said, "No, nah, I'm not interested." Yeah, he's he said he's not interested. He would love to, but like he's already said goodbye to that character, and it's time for someone else to take it. And I agree with that. Logan was such a good close to him as the character. I think it's time to give someone else a try now. Yeah, I, I don't know who you would choose. You'd go, go for a slightly more younger one. Yeah, someone who can grow into the role over multiple movies. I, I keep saying this, cast a short guy, because people forget the comics, Wolverine <laughs> is short. They should cast a feisty short guy. We'll just get Danny DeVito. Ah, that's fine. That's also okay. Isn't he a little old? Ah, he's fine. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll mess up his face with the computers like we do sometimes. He'll look great. <laughs> Cover him in baby oil. We'll be fine. Ah, there you go. Oh, baby oil. <laughs> Make him crawl out of a couch. <laughs> well, see, that's the new updated Weapon X origin story. They actually do all their research inside a couch, and he needs to oil himself up to escape. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hugh Jackman had the moment where he's in the snow, rah, covered in blood. Now imagine the same bit, but with Danny DeVito covered in baby oil. <laughs> and then we can get Rhea Perlman in there as Jean Grey. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't love Rhea Perlman? <laughs> you, know, you know, apparently, like Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman are like two of the nicest people in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hear, like, amazing stories where it's, like, uh, one of the kid actors they were working with, uh, her mom was going in for breast cancer surgery, and because they were working together on the movie anyway, eh, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman just let them uh, stay with them at their mansion. Yeah, of course, as you do. As you do. Just just cool guy Danny DeVito. That needs to be the new <laughs> meme now. Just cool guy Danny DeVito. <laughs> I agree, man. When is Danny DeVito going to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe? He could play Wilson Fisk on in the movies. <laughs> That's my. Ooh, he could be Puck if they ever eventually do an Alpha Flight movie. That'd be yeah. That that'd be pretty cool. Hey, it's me. I'm Puck. Everybody, <laughs> let's go on an adventure, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't pulled that voice out in a while. It's a Christmas miracle, Matt. <laughs> this is a version of the Joe Casado voice I used to do. <laughs> Joe Cachata's not in the news as much anymore You notice that? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's busy He's just not doing stuff <laughs> Oh, hey, speaking of creators uh, You hear Brian Michael Bendis is sick, actually Yeah, I saw that on on, um, on Twitter the other day Like he was in, like, hospital or something Yeah, he had, a, like, a very serious staph infection He actually went blind for, like, four days Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Which, for a writer who works in such a visual medium like comics, I'm sure that scared the ever-loving shit out of him. Yeah, especially when he's just starting a new job at DC. <laughs> that was the particularly nice thing about the story, is he mentioned this on Instagram, that uh, both everyone from DC and Marvel were super cool and super understanding with him and basically said, hey, whatever work you have left for us to do or whatever work you're starting for us, just, just do it at your own pace. Just get better. Yeah, yeah. He, he even that's told nice. him, that's really nice he even told an interesting story about all the different creators who came to visit him and like you know stayed 
in hospital with him while he recovers. He said David F. Walker actually fell asleep in hospital there watching over him in the night. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> that, that, that also confirms something I've been thinking about forever, and that is my pick and my theory is that when he's done writing Miles, Bendis, David F. Walker is going to be taking over. Yeah, you think? The, the rumor is David F. Walker has had, uh, what is it, a pitch he's been sitting on for a long time. And because uh, Iron Fist and Power Man was really well-reviewed but didn't last long in his new Luke Cage book, Critical Darling, but not many people bought it, that this is his reward for sticking around and being a good company man and everything. Like, okay, you get to write a Spider-Man now. That'd be pretty cool. I like it, too, because I just want people to pick up and buy more than, like, two <laughs> David F. Walker books. I fall in love with all of his books, then they don't last very long. <laughs> Here, David, you can have this third-string Avengers team led by Hawkeye. Oh, that's fascinating. Oh, it'll be really fascinating, but no one will buy it. <laughs> Only Joel will buy it and then talk to you for 20 minutes at a comic convention about how much he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've really sewn up the Joel market. Guys named Joel love your comic, but it's not a big enough demo. You need to grow yeah, this demo. We, we haven't reached the rest. <laughs> Wouldn't that suck? Where it's like the Joel niche. The Joel niche is what we call it. It's a very particular area. Now, if you're if you're really good in the Joel niche, you can break on into the mat market, but that's a lot harder. <laughs> we find the mat market has more overlap with the Joel market. But not the other way around. <laughs> oh God! What I'm saying is, is, I would like that very much. Make make that my Christmas gift, Marvel. And if that does end up happening, and if this theory I've had is correct, everyone come back and listen to this episode and know that I was right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, unless you have anything else to say, Matt, about this, I guess we can talk to get talking about the main event, the thing that I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to discuss. Oh, um, I'm chomping. I'm chomping hard. Chomping real hard. <laughs> the force is strong with him to talk about this next thing. Oh, is it ever? Is it ever? <laughs> uh, so yeah, this week, Matt and I both got a chance to see Star Wars The Last Jedi. This is the beginning of our spoiler cast. If you haven't seen it, be sure to save this and come back later because we will be spoiling everything. But judging by the... 220 million opening box office in just the weekend <laughs> i got a good feeling you've seen this movie by now yeah if you, if you haven't seen it by now you're probably not interested in it yeah so i'll i'll yeah. let you take point on this matt as you are the biggest star wars fan i know well where, where, where do we want to start with this film <laughs> there's a lot of places you could start because this this is probably the most layered Star Wars movie they've made in a long time. There's a lot to discuss, chew on, and unpack with this one. Oh yeah, it's 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 layered. It's, it's poetry and it rhymes and it is poetry <laughs> and it does rhyme. And we're not bullshitting when we usually say that. <laughs> Ironically, we actually do mean that. Yes, yes, we do. There's no key to all of this, although there no, kind of is. There is um, kind of a key to like, like seriously, the Last Jedi is everything that George Lucas bullshittily said about the prequels. <laughs> only this is true. I like to think they saw that, like that interview, and it's like, hey, well, what if we actually made that true? <laughs> some <laughs> some fans are even arguing that it went too far in a couple places. Oh God, are they ever? But I was not expecting that. I'm I'm seeing a side. 
of the Star Wars fan base that I never have seen before, and I think it's so weird to have kind of a flip-flop of the DC situation where it's like, oh, critics loved the new Star Wars, but it's the hardcore fans who had problems with it? Really? <laughs> Well, that's the thing. That's what I I hate about all these like websites saying, "Oh, hardcore Star Wars fans hate this new movie." Mm. I'm a hardcore Star Wars fan, and I love this movie. Mm. I think they're saying the loud fans had a problem with it. Yeah, and yeah. I know yeah. the loud fans because a loud fan sat behind me in the theater, w- <laughs> would not shut up through the two hours thirty runtime, gave his own inane shitty commentary during the whole thing, and I knew he was a hardcore fan because he popped for all the same things I popped for. Bacta! Those are new ships! <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I fucking know. And the only reason I didn't tell this guy to shut the hell up like I told the guy at Thor to shut the hell up is this guy was with his kid. So this guy was being a bad parent on top of being a bad Star Wars fan. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Oh, God. <laughs> may, may my voice carry on the internet, and if that guy knows who he is... Tell him to uh, fucking suck it. <laughs> but yes, let's uh, let's talk about the good before we talk about uh, what is it the fan reaction to stuff. Well, well, let's let's actually like talk about the story and like what it's about from the beginning of the film till the end. So yeah, it picks up like a couple of minutes, maybe a couple of hours after the Force Awakens, which, which I didn't really expect because usually there's a little bit of a time. Time jump between these films. Most definitely, yeah. I was not expecting um, but yeah, that either. It was pretty good. It was pretty pretty cool. We got to see uh see some of my man Poe Dameron mm. get get getting his uh his starfighter on, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was pretty cool. I th- I like that he got a bit to do in this film. He did. He and got actually, a lot to do in this one. Yeah, and and the cool thing is. Because uh, I've been obviously reading his comic, it's cool to see what he's been doing in that comic. Is like kind of paying off in this, nice. where he's still very uh, an arrogant mm. kind kind of guy. You know, he thinks he he knows what's right when he, really he has no idea what's right. He he's very arrogant. I know a lot of people complained. Uh, what is it in Force Awakens? Where it's like, oh, these characters are Mary Sue's. They have no problems. They have a lot of problems in this one. In fact, Poe's. Basically, his big arc for this movie is needing to be told he's wrong and needing to get taken down a peg by uh, Leia and yeah. Laura Dern. Yeah, that's exactly what's been happening in the comic. He, he keeps being taken down pegs by Leia and everything. And and this film, it's it, a little bit more stakes because he ends up like killing like hundreds of people in the process yeah yeah he does and it's all part of his like redemption journey to be like look you need to be humbled before you eventually need to lead and the reason that leia and laura dern are giving you such a hard time is not because they don't like you poets because they eventually want to groom you to lead one day exactly exactly and th- th- that's like the, the theme of this movie failure and because all the characters every one of the characters in this film fails fail super hard which is something i don't think a lot of people were expecting and i think it takes them aback to be like yeah these are some real ass people here in this movie about space wizards with actual puppets it, yeah yeah it, it, yeah i think that's what like kind of upset a lot of people they didn't have characters who were like this perfect like hero or a perfect villain or something mm-hmm. they had characters who were actually 
human. Everyone is flawed and three-dimensional. That's reflected especially in Luke, who they built up over all the other movies and even especially in the last one, where it's like, oh, you know, he's he's a legend. He's basically St. Luke Skywalker. He saved the world. He's so amazing. And when we meet him, he's basically a Vietnam vet with shell shock. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to explain it, because it, it, he totally is. Like, he doesn't care for that anymore. He doesn't want to be mm -hmm. part of all of that anymore, which is why he's on this island. He's shut himself off from the oh, force, yeah. so he doesn't have the force anymore. And yeah, it, I th thought that was really great for that character. I know a lot of people are complaining about it, but that's that's perfect absolutely perfect they wanted cool guy luke what they got was a much more interesting probably much more believable version of what that character would be after a lifetime of fighting wars against the sith and the empire yeah exactly they they wanted they wanted force awaken uh force unleashed sort of luke where he's ripping shit apart and lightsabers and everything yeah. but that's never been luke anyway no no then this movie especially hits that home in the final battle where luke basically gets to have his obi-wan moment but also learns from obi-wan as well and uh, decides to no 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 i'm gonna do this differently yeah he learns he learns that 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 last battle we'll get to that a little later on but that that was goddamn amazing plus plus he drinks the titty milk from the titty monster as <laughs> all-time favorite scene in the star wars film <laughs> it, it's wonderful i'm like this this i was liking it before i'm loving it now you, you can put this one on the dvd cover the last jedi not afraid to drink the titty milk <laughs> joel of the comic multiverse says. <laughs> put that one on there uh yeah i mean uh ray of course gets to train with luke but it's totally unlike uh luke's training with yoda it's basically anti-training he's yeah. like i will give you three lessons and trying to explain to you why you shouldn't be a jedi yeah exactly he was, he's trying to warn her off from being it so she doesn't fall into the same traps he fell into mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it gives a lot more uh credence to what he said in the trailer and that is you know maybe the jedi should end you know we were arrogant we were weirdos we took on way too much responsibility the sith constantly get reborn in our ranks time and time again maybe maybe i should be the last jedi maybe i should let all these yeah. teachings die with me it's the, the, this is probably like the only like theory I had that was actually came true where it, when he said that line I I knew he meant the Jedi as in like the ones from the old Republic that Obi Wan mm. and Anakin were all part of they need to die and something else needs to sort of take take its place. It's it fits into the meta narrative where it's like the Jedi are a stand in for Star Wars itself and Star Wars as a franchise and it's Luke yeah, yeah. saying. For the Jedi, the Star Wars, to survive, we need to evolve and become something new, lest we will be playing out the same battles for the rest of our lives. Exactly, exactly. And, and indeed, uh, hilariously, it's Kylo Ren of all people who says just that when he says, you know, we need to let the past die. Kylo Ren, man, Adam Driver. Yeah, Adam, he carried this film. He really did. Like this, he he's putting in like his Oscar performance in this one. Like like I've liked Adam Driver in other stuff. In fact, he was probably in one of my other favorite movies of the year, uh, Logan Lucky. But this is yep. the one where I'm like, yep, okay, I get it. Adam Driver, you are a movie star. Yep, I get it. Yeah, he was he was really good in this. And what what I what I liked as well in this is that he was 
retreading the same steps his grandfather took, but he, oh, yeah. they, he, he succeeded where his grandpa grandfather failed. Yep. And that was killing, killing Palpatine. He killed it before, like he was taken back to the light side. He's still the dark. He's still yep. on part of the dark side, and he, he he kills his master. Then, Kylo Ren is literally like the guy who's like, no, 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 no. I seen this movie. I know how this is gonna go. <laughs> like I pay attention to this shit. And like again, you talk about him retreading the steps of his grandfather Vader. Did you not love the scene where him and Ray were riding up in the elevator? I'm like, oh my god, it's yeah, yeah, Luke and yeah. Vader from <laughs> Return of the yeah. Jedi. It's literally that shot. Ray even says some lines similar to Luke in that in that scene as well, where he's, she's trying to convince him to to come to the light. It's like poetry, so it rhymes. <laughs> and oh man, that throne room fight against all those elite red guards, that's like top three greatest Star Wars fights now, isn't it? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. It was so good. It, uh, it, it's like in, in, in Return of the Jedi when you see those guards, you think, oh shit, something's about to go down, and then they just leave. Here they stay and, and, and fight, and it's awesome. And they have a hell of a fight, and getting to watch Rey and Kylo Ren fight side by side is pretty goddamn amazing. <laughs> it is. It's so cool. Like, they, they fuck shit up, and we see all these new, not quite lightsaber weapons, but plasma weapons. Yeah, they they were really cool. I, I really like them, and yeah, oh, they're so cool. They had whips and swords and glaives, and they did all this cool shit with the lightsabers and the force and everything. And it was just, it was hitting. It was just hitting on everything. It was, it, it was really cool. It was really good, and they didn't cross the line in that scene and do like you know prequel. Uh, phantom menace like oh here's all the cool stuff but you don't care about anything yeah. that's going on it was flashy but not too flashy no no it was very very reserved mm -hmm. like no one was flipping around or doing anything crazy like that it was like a really tense close quarter sword fight yep I yep. think that's what I loved about it, is that it really felt claustrophobic and it took place in a small room because we've seen a lot of lightsaber fights but they usually happen in like big open areas yeah, yeah, it, it was it, it was like the original trilogy fights that like like the one in Return of the Jedi that took place in a throne room, much similar to this one. Yeah, it was it was very reserved, and they mm. they weren't yeah flipping around and doing all sorts of stuff. But still, really awesome. Like you could tell it was them at the top of their game. It's at the end of that fight too. We finally learned the big answer everyone wanted to know, and that is, you know, oh, what what is the origin of Ray's parents? What what importance did they have in the universe? And the answer is. Uh, they were nobodies, and she always knew they were nobodies. She was lying to herself this whole time, thinking they yeah. were special. I love, and that, that that's like another reason people are mad because their theory daughter or Obi Wan's daughter or something didn't come true. There's there's a lot of that I'm seeing in the fan community. The I'm upset because my two years of obsessive combing over everything and building elaborate internet theories was wrong. Why is this movie not rewarding me for my hardcore fanboyism? Exactly, exactly. But I, I, I'm glad that she was just a no one. And the thing is that she's been telling us that all the way from the first, from episode seven, the first, when Maz asks her what, who she is, she says, I'm no one. Yeah. That's it. It's true. Even, even when she has that moment in like the dark side pit, when, you know, she looks into the reflection where it's like, show me my parents and just sees a reflection of herself. Yep. It's you, you know. 
you, yeah. you know what the deal is. Uh, funny, too, about that scene about finding out that her parents are nobody, that, I feel, brings the bigger theme of the movie together, and that is everyday, regular people who are not uh, Jedi, Sith, or connected to the Skywalker family needing to reassert themselves in the Star Wars universe and be driving forces, again, lest they repeat the same Star Wars over and over again. Yeah, exa- it's it's like breaking away from that. The Skywalker saga, so everything's not related directly to this one family and expanding it and making other people who have no connection whatsoever to this, these people important. Yeah. Even down to that last shot where we see a little kid who's developing the Force and being like, oh, there's still plenty of Force users out in the universe and it's uh, up to them to help them find their way to the light side and not the dark side to inspire them to join this yep. new rebellion and everything. Yep, yeah, I like that last shot so much. I it's, thought that was really good. It's really good, and it's a nice inverse of the classic Luke shot where, you know, a yep. kid, you know, abused on a crappy black uh, backwater planet looks up and sees two suns, you know, dreaming of more, only here it's looking up at the night sky and dreaming of more and dreaming of getting off that dead-end planet. Well, I kind of... Com- compared him to anakin because he was kind of like a slave boy and he's obviously got the force and everything and he was dreaming of something bigger and he had he had the the um the ring that rose gave him Mm -hmm. with the alliance so he's heard the legends of luke and the jedi much like how anakin heard the legends of the jedi and everything and much like how the story of Star Wars inspired a bunch of other filmmakers out there and people to get into movies, now literally, again, the the stand-in for Star Wars as a franchise is now inspiring other young people to take up the cause for themselves. <laughs> and I'm amazed that this is lost on so many people. I Yeah, I don't get why some people can't understand it 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 tells you in the film that this is what it's about it they have characters that literally say this is what it's about yeah oh yeah for sure also another thing this star wars movie does that none of the other ones have done it actually dips its toes into a little socio-political commentary because we get to visit what we think is going to be the nar shaddaa of the new movies you know where it's like oh you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy but it's not like the 99 percenter scum. It's not like pirates and smugglers. It's like rich-ass weapons manufacturers gambling. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Macau. It's Macau, and it's, it's fun, too, because, again, by finding out that these guys are all weapons manufacturers and that's how you get rich in this universe, it's like, oh, this is also why the wars are being uh, self-perpetuated and why there's always a war every 20 years or so because these assholes who actually control the universe need to get rich and they make a point of showing, oh, they sell to both sides in this conflict. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really great. Uh, Like kind of turning on his head and they did that sort of with Finn as well where he thinks this is the best place ever. Uh, Rose really knows there's that that other side to it. mm -hmm. No, it's not. Rose is a great character too because again, if played wrong, she could have been really annoying, but she's not. She has a great arc. She has a cool relationship with Finn and she also plays into this idea of regular everyday people needing to reassert themselves in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah, I, I really liked her character. I did. I originally thought that like she 
was maybe going to die. She she didn't die at the end, but I thought that she was going to be something that maybe sparked Finn into staying with the with the resistance. Yeah. It's also Finn kind of getting to pay back what Ray did for him in the first movie to be like, "Okay, yeah. I'll, t- I'll take you under my wing now and help you out." Yeah, yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah, that's it was really really t- Finn too finally gets his big fight with Captain Phasma there and they have a hell of a fight yeah. too. That's a that that's another cool. that's another thing I was reading in articles where it's like, oh, does the last Jedi redeem Captain Phasma? I'm like, only if you assume there was something wrong with her to begin with. She's <laughs> she's playing the Boba Fett role. She shows yeah. up, looks cool, gets into some fights here and there, but is ultimately not that big a deal, except for in the yeah. expanded universe. Yeah, well, even there, she just had a story that sort of bridged the gap between these two films. And but yeah. She was just like the the Boba Fett. She didn't really do much, especially in this film. Yeah. Um. And I I don't think she did die at the end no. there. I I think she'll probably be back in the next one. No, they, and, uh, they make a solid be like the end of her character there. Yeah. Well, they make a solid point of being like this lady is so tough and so badass. Do you really think just falling into a fire pit is going to kill her? Yeah, yeah. Un- unless the fire pit is her Sarlacc pit, though. I don't know. <laughs> that, that would really be keeping it with Boba Fett to be like, no, 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 she died in the second one. <laughs> Except she got a cool death. Boba Fett like got a, a shit death because he got killed by a, by a blind man. <laughs> yeah, she, she gets to have the cool, like, humanizing moment of, like, look at my human eye before I fall. <laughs> that was some cool shit there. Also, I, I love they had execution troopers. They had, like, guys with laser axes and they were going to yeah. cut their heads off for desertion. Yeah, that, those those axes were pretty cool. I've seen they have action figures of that, and I was this close to yeah. picking that up when I was out Christmas shopping. I'm like, oh, do I need an axe trooper? I might need an axe trooper. <laughs> <laughs> mommy, mommy, why is that guy getting all excited about axe troopers? <laughs> I, he, he's a nerd, honey. Look the other way. He's having a private moment with that axe trooper. <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, what, what else is there? Uh, oh, we, we got a cool-ass chase with those giant-ass dog things. Who doesn't love that? Yeah, that that was pretty cool. I, the dog things, though, they, I, it might have been just like in the behind-the-scenes thing. They look so weird. They look so weird, like the faces. <laughs> Very alien. They're like dogs with human faces. Yeah, it's so weird. Oh, oh, hey, well, we're talking about animals. Porgs. A lot of people were angry at Porgs before the movie even came out. I like, I think they do the perfect thing with Porgs, and that is, it's okay for you to like Porgs because Chewie hates Porgs. Yes, Chewie hates them. Chewie eats them. <laughs> yes, he literally, he's like, oh my god, Chewie <laughs> is eating a Porg. And at first look, at him, he's, he's not eating them, he's just eating some chicken he had in the ship. No, that's clearly a Porg, though. <laughs> and he's like looking at like it's kid or something yeah but oh they're so cute and so rambunctious and basically chewy he, he collects porgs like other people collect funkos he just puts them around the ship <laughs> oh man the ghost of han if he could see him now what he's done to his ship putting a bunch of porgs in there oh, he'd be turning over in his grave <laughs> also question mark is chewy a better pilot than han because chewy flies the fuck out of the falcon in that final battle He's pretty good. He's pretty good. I mean, I, I guess you could argue that maybe uh, Wookiees only get better with age, where humans obviously degrade, they lose their eyesight, they lose everything else. Yeah, yeah, and he's been flying the ship for goddamn 30 years. So. You would think so, because I'm like, man, that's some damn-ass good flying from Chewie. Was he always better? Did he just let Han think that he was a better pilot than he was? 
I, I, I did I did like, however, though, um, keeping up with tradition during that crate fight, they did lose the antenna dish on the, on the Falcon. They surely did. Man, uh, how about that final battle, too, <laughs> on the planet made entirely of salt? Yeah, and that guy telling Gareth Edwards that it was made of salt. So, man, talk about a meme in just, like, the waiting. Like, you know, that's going to be a gift. So I think it's already a gift. Yeah, yeah, it is the director talking to the fans. Look, it's salt. It's so Like, talk about already having, like, a perfect response made up for when people don't <laughs> like you doing too many new things. By God, it's made of salt. <laughs> that's, that's almost as good as Mad Max Fury Road. Nothing but salt for a million miles. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dry sea. <laughs> But yeah, uh, but yeah, that 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 fight was that fight was pretty cool. Those like speeder thingies, mm. that was pretty cool. They just kind of skim in the idea where it's like, oh, they're gonna blow the door with what? Oh, repurpose Death Star tech. I'm like, yeah, they should repurpose that tech. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's basically just like a big modern day battering ram. <laughs> yeah, why not? In fact, the the new order or the first order had all kinds of crazy new tech. They're like, oh yeah, we can track you now through hyperspace. Yeah, and they referenced that in Rogue One. Indeed they did. Another fact people seem to miss. Where it's like, oh, how did the New Order just create this new technology out of nowhere? Because the Empire was working on it, that's why. Yeah, exactly. It's not old. It's like old technology repurposed. Yeah, they got it now, which totally changes how fights in the Star Wars universe take place. Because usually you were always safe in the assumption of, aha, if we just hit hyperspace, we can get away. Exactly, exactly. Fuel is actually important in this. Now, I can't remember the last time fuel was important in a Star Wars story. I don't think it's ever been. To actually have kind of a ticking clock in this one. Yeah, give it some, like, tense, mm -hmm. like, thrill moments and everything. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to make it. Uh, which I, I know some people even said that that's a plot hole where it's like, oh, well, why didn't the First Order just, you know, blow up all the Rebel ships? And, like, they say in the movie... They're bigger and stronger, they're smaller and faster. As long as they keep chugging away, they can't hit them. Yeah, they were, and they showed, they were saying just out of out of range so that their lasers won't have any sort of effect on their shield, but they just kept shooting at them just to remind them and mm. keep them on, on edge. Also, Poe took care of their big guns in the opening five minutes. Mm -hmm. That was a pretty cool scene. It was a cool scene. And even if the First Order were to scramble their own fighters, we've seen how good Poe is and the rest of those guys. They fly circles around the Empire. Mm. I, I'm sad, though, that we didn't get like a Poe versus Kylo fight mm. in, in space. That, that'll be the third one. That'll be the third one that'll work their oh, way up God. to that. Well, I hope so. That, that would actually be really good because, you know, you could have Kylo being like, you know, Leia, she was my mother. And he's like, yeah, but she liked me more. I, I was her, like, surrogate son because you were so <laughs> shitty. He'll be doing, like, what he was doing to Hux in this film, just, like, just like trolling him. I like that Poe is a space troll. It, again, to borrow a phrase we say, Poe's a funnier character than we've ever had before. <laughs> if we get him to work, the whole thing works. <laughs> and they did, and they he's did. He's like that in the... He's, He's like that in the comic, and I'm really glad they brought that into the movies. <laughs> yeah, that he's just this wise ass. Yeah. <laughs> just deflating the, or, you know, everyone's all pomp and circumstance, and he's just, like, sticking a pin in their balloon, like, not today. <laughs> uh, what was some other really cool shit? Uh, Benicio Del Toro, who's really only here for an extended cameo, but he's definitely one of those characters where it's like, okay, I want to know more about you. Yeah, I, I, he might be in the next one, I I, care, I might think, because they kind of set him up 
sort of like as someone who could come back because he kind of disappears. He does. It's it, well, let, let me ask you this. Let me get your opinion on this because I asked a couple people and I heard different things. Did he actually screw over Finn and Rose for money or did he set up BB-8 to take over uh, the walkers to shoot them out and escape? That's like the only thing that's kind of really unclear. And I imagine, I imagine Brian Johnson will say something about it, but I think, yeah, I think he might've like, like given them just enough time for BB-8 to get that walk right. into that walker or something. And then him to escape. Cause if he did screw them over, that would be an interesting sequel hook. Finn and Rose, like going into the star Wars underworld to try and find him and be like, Hey, what the hell, yeah. man? That'd be pretty cool what the hell, and then to kind of bring him back and be like, okay, are you going to actually be a rebel this time, or can we trust you, can we not trust you? <laughs> what, what what the hell, man, what's what's the deal? Yeah, well, DJ, don't join. No, DJ, don't join, and DJ stutter, but like... Yeah, yeah that, that was like the weirdest like character attribute. I was like, what the hell, why is he stuttering? That's, that's <laughs> pure Benicio, or that's pure Benicio <laughs> on that one, because every movie he's in, like every Snyder movie he was in, like Usual Suspects and everything else, he always had a weird-ass verbal tick and everything. Apparently he just loves to do that. <laughs> like he was very close to his like uh, Usual Suspects character in this. Yeah, yeah. Very, very close to that guy. Uh, what else is there? Oh, I mean, I guess we could talk about the big uh, fight scene at the end. Probably one of the biggest and coolest fight scenes we've seen in Star Wars. Also, wonderfully lampshade hung when Luke says, uh, when Ray comes to get his help, what, do you expect me to face down the entire First Order on my own? <laughs> yeah, with the laser sword? Yeah. And everyone's like, yes, yes, and then he doesn't do that. He so did. everyone gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't, which is kind of awesome. He literally has his yeah. cake and eats it too. Yeah. Oh God. When 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 they're like when he like walks out of the shadows and like oh yeah here we go mm. he's Luke and I like that moment beforehand now we got a moment with Leia oh so and nice it gave her the dice from the Falcon I thought that was really nice Carrie Fisher is so good in this and it makes it so sad that she's not with us anymore I know I know it's so sad it sucks so much and she's still such a huge part of this movie which is kind of amazing. Yeah, she. Oh, I think she she filmed everything of this film before passing away. So yeah, I mean, now I mean, we've got to rework episode nine somehow. I mean, she uses the force in this. They answer that question fans have had forever, and that is, does Leia have the force? Yes. Can she use it? Yes. Yeah, people don't like that scene. I like that scene. I think it's it's great. It confirms something I've wondered forever, and again, it does it through visual storytelling, and that is, yeah, she can use the force. She could have become a Jedi, but she figured she could do more good for the Rebellion and the Republic by being a yep. leader and being a general and being a politician. Yeah, and that, that's exactly the reasoning in, in this new canon, why she's a politi not a Jedi, that she wants to help people as a politician and a general. And it makes it even cooler to know, oh wait, so you mean in every scene where we've seen her before in this franchise, she could have pulled out the Force any moment when she wanted, but she didn't? No, no, she didn't rely on it. No, she didn't. That she had so much faith in herself and so much self-control that she wasn't just like Jedi mind-tricking people all the time. <laughs> you will sign those papers. You will do what I want. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's really awesome. And again, too, when they blew her up, I'm like, oh, no, we're not going to see her for the rest of the movie, huh? This is when she died. No, no, she's in the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, she gets in a coma for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. She's tough. She's tough, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, the, the big final scene at the end on the salt plane, you pointed this out to me. I didn't even notice this until you said it. Luke holds his lightsaber exactly like he does in the first three movies. Yep. Yep. No fancy forms or anything, just exactly the same as he does in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, which, which I is, really like. Which is brilliant, because ever since those movies, lightsabers have been like, oh, I got like a full tank sword. Look at all the cool tricks and shit I can do. But Luke's like, no, no tricks. <laughs> I, well no no tricks you say no tricks <laughs> yeah, lots of tricks some crazy ass new tricks i love we had like a matrix mode where like kylo ren's trying to cut him with the thing but he's like oh no not today yeah i thought that was cool and and the cool thing is like before we learn that he isn't actually there there's like heaps of hints that like whenever he moves on the ground that the salt doesn't move nice. against his feet and um obviously he has his blue lightsaber which got destroyed a couple of minutes prior and everything and he looks like his younger self when he f originally saw ben and everything yeah haircut and everything. exactly they uh th they check off's gun a lot of these things they definitely try and lamppost it for you which makes it all the more cooler when it happens i know a lot of fans were seemingly ticked off or they're like oh that's a new force power and i'm like yeah and it's an awesome <laughs> new force power <laughs> yeah it What's, what's the problem? <laughs> so, so you mean to tell me telekinesis, mind reading, shooting lightning, sensing emotions, all of that is fine, but astro projecting a form of yourself across the universe is not okay? Yeah, they're fine with like like Snoke being able to choke people through through holograms, but they're not Thank okay you. with this. Thank you again. The Snoke thing that also lamp posted for the future, where it's like, no, guys, they they set that up. They set up that if you're strong enough, you can use your force powers across great distances. Yeah, but I I just love love how how Kylo finds out. He like pokes him and is like like the hologram and and the line he says as well. He says, "See you around, kid." as han yeah that's like a han han line sort of to haunt him i thought that was great it is wonderful and how he even says you know strike me down in anger a line we've yeah. heard so many times before and i'll become more powerful than you could ever imagine i will haunt you like your father yeah yeah oh i i know he's i know he's going to be in episode nine and i can't wait do you think he's going to show up as a force ghost or in a flashback or something well that, that's the thing like he his his death quote unquote was wasn't really like a death it was like an obi-wan death but mm. he's obviously a little bit more f further and he, he's like a, an extra level above obi-wan now since mm. he could be a f be a force ghost while still alive yeah so never know never know i, I i'd like to see him just be this like thing on on kylo's shoulder for the rest of the movie where he's just haunting him just wherever he goes him. Yeah, I'd like that a lot. You know what else would be fun? You know what's another force power you didn't know people had? Uh, you can do the Aragon ghost army thing from Lord of the Rings, only you summon <laughs> up the Star Wars ghosts of everyone who's ever died in Star Wars who was a Jedi <laughs> to fight on your side. <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit if Rey's just like, oh, did you come alone? No, I'm never alone. I have the force. <laughs> and then you see Mace Window and Kit Fisto and everyone else. <laughs> and Puppet Yoda. Oh, yeah. oh, man, dude. How awesome was it to have Frank Oz back in this? Uh, I, I, you know, I didn't know he was coming back. And then I watched the live stream of the premiere and he was there and like oh this this means something and again that's another like real pitfall they could have fallen into to bring back yoda i think they brought back the perfect character at the perfect time to say the perfect things 
oh god his lines his lines are perfect exactly the idea where it's like look luke even though i'm dead i'm still your mentor i'm still your master and i'm still teaching you all these years later yeah yeah i thought that was so great and i like that he he burned he's just like trolling luke he like luke was gonna burn that the the tree with the books in it the sacred jedi texts beat you to it um yeah no but the books didn't get burned because ray stole them she did so that's interesting she's got those hanging i do love the idea that yoda has no problem burning the books though because he was always the ultimate buddhist living in the swamps he knew oh he He did know she took him because she because he says ray knows every ray has everything she needs Ah. to to learn well yoda did troll the shit out of him he knew. <laughs> yeah, see, see, I thought Yoda was playing into that idea of being like, no, the Jedis will become something more and everything. No, no, but our books are okay, though. <laughs> yeah, they're not page turners, but they're okay. <laughs> they're not page- oh, the, the, the secret Jedi walkthroughs, the secret Jedi frequently <laughs> asked questions. <laughs> Cliff what, notes of what, the Jedi. What to expect when you're Jedi expecting. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's great, too, because, you know, Luke actually gets to tell the story here about how he trained Kylo Ren and how it all went wrong and how we get to hear that story from two different viewpoints. Yeah, and they're both kind of the truth, but kind of not. They, they're both the truth, but they both looked at a different point of views. Yeah, if to further quote Star Wars, again, I think the truth yeah. is somewhere in the middle of the story they told. Yeah, whereas... Whereas Ben thought that Luke was going to kill him, but Luke and Luke was, but it was like a second, and then he he wasn't going to do it anymore. It just so happened that Ben woke up when he had his lightsaber on over him at the worst possible time. In doing so, confirming whatever Snoke probably told him about the Jedi yeah. being evil and everything. Exactly. Oh, they fear your power. You're too special, is the thing. You're the bestest <laughs> that ever was, and everyone is so afraid of your shine. Don't let Luke block your shine, says Snoke. <laughs> that's, that's Oh, Snoke, Snoke, man. <laughs> let's S- talk about Snoke. Yeah, let's talk about Snoke. It's funny, as I was sitting there watching the movie, I'm like, man, are they going to build Snoke into anything more than Emperor 2.0? And then he died, I'm like, oh. Oh, he was supposed to be Emperor 2.0. Oh, that's what they're trying to say, is that there will always be an emperor, there will always be an empire, unless we break away from this. Yeah, unless we change it, like, break it. Yeah, yeah, there'll always be some puffy-faced monster mash guy with force powers, apparently. (laughs) But uh, I I do like his death. I like that he he thought that that Kylo was going to kill Rey, and he was saying he turns the lightsaber to him as the one next to him sort of turns and then turns on and cuts him in half. I thought that was cool. It was super, super awesome. And then to even play with this idea, too, where it's like, okay, Emperor's dead. Who's going to run the New Order? Well, obviously me. I, I'm an evil Force user, but but, but I'm General Hux. I, I actually run the... Med- okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I like that scene when, when, when he was passed out and, and Hux was, was, was considering like maybe shooting him mm-hmm. and taking over. And then he woke up and he's like, oh, put the gun away. <laughs> all right, all right, you win. Which is great, too, because it further plays with this idea where it's like, wow, the New Order really are just a bunch of lost 20-something dudes playing empire dress up they are so out of their depth <laughs> well they are now they, they super like are. this un- unhinged force user <laughs> commanding them i guess we have to listen to them guys <laughs> which which further leads to the question uh what is it we know that when kylo left uh luke's training he took a couple of the apprentices with him and killed the rest 
what happened to the other Knights of Ren? What happened to the other apprentices? Yeah, they're not in this movie at all. I'm, I imagine there's there's something for that. I imagine since they're like a JJ creation, mm-hmm. he'll bring them back in the next issue, in the next uh, episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, didn't appear at all. This that we did get that that hint that they are ex Jedi though. Yeah, I had an interesting pitch. Tell me what you think about this. What if the other apprentices, out of all of the ones that survived, Kylo was the only human. The rest were aliens, and because the First Order are like neo-imperials who seem to have a hate boner against aliens, what if that's why they weren't taken? Maybe. Maybe. What if they didn't get to join? Because, like, obviously the only alien imperial we know of is freaking Grand Admiral Thrawn, and he had to be the greatest military mind of his generation before the Empire accepted him. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. I think that would be an interesting twist. To kind of play up the thing and be like, no, 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 the, the Empire is pretty racist. Yeah, or or they're like somewhere else. Like maybe they're 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 at Kylo's training temple, mm. which is might be like you know Darth Vader's castle or something. Ooh, that'd be nice. Repurpose that. Yeah. Oh, well, I, they, they kind of did because I read the visual dictionary, and one of Snoke's rings is from it. Oh, holy so, shit! So, so they're kind of like in that in that realm before. So yeah, it'd be funny too if the other Knights of Ren were just like super chaotic, and they're like, "No, we don't really jive <laughs> with this whole like uh, law under the First Order thing. We're just going to use our powers to get rich and get laid and just be like Force hedonists." How does that sound? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. And have Kylo be like, yeah, you know, I, I joined up with this group, but the fact is all those other guys actually scare the shit out of me. Ooh, that would be cool, him, like, trying to get the rest of the apprentices, the rest of the Knights of Ren, to join him in the First Order to help fight Rey and everything. That that would be pretty cool. I, I am wondering, though, like, with, that, with the last shots of these movies, I'm wondering if they're going to do a time jump now. I think they have like, to. Yeah, because like when we when we leave the movie, like the resistance, like all that's left left of the resistance can fit on the Millennium Falcon. Which you know, that's a great part of the movie too, where it starts off. They have a whole fleet, then they have a couple ships, then they have one ship, then they have a bunch of little ships. Then at the end, just everyone get on the Falcon. Yeah, so I imagine they've got to do something, and and the thing is as well that no one answered that distress call they put out. Yeah, everyone received it, no one answered it. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Yeah, so that's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I was I was hoping for old man Ezra to fly up in his walker and everything. I remember. <laughs> hey, for those of you looking for for, for, for rebels crossovers, you're not going to get it here. <laughs> we're we're probably going to be dead, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, they are long dead. The, again, either dead or go off to a completely different area of space, which is why we never saw or heard from them again. Yeah is the only way they get around that one. So, yeah, I mean, a- any other thoughts on Last Jedi? I thought it was pretty good, despite a lot of hardcore fans having issues with it that I just do not see. Yeah, I don't understand the issues. that They're like non-issues uh, that are easily explained if you actually know about Star Wars. They're, they're um, getting hung up on the weirdest things. They are. They really are. And, like, stuff where it's like, the movie was too funny, it broke the tone. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know this movie about space wizards, actual puppets, big furry ape men and porgs had a certain level of tone and decorum it needed to keep. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I was unaware. Yeah, the, you know, they, they, they were okay with the, the, the comedy and the prequels mm. now, for some reason. Yeah, yeah. But this this is what pushes them over. Yeah, 
Where it's like, okay, so for years we hated, you know, the Jar Jar, he steps in the poopy, and the animals make the burpy noises, because that's what George Lucas thinks is funny, and because these movies are for kids, apparently. That was bad, but actual funny characters and actual funny jokes are just as bad. Yeah, this because Disney. Because Di <laughs> That's another thing, too. They really threw a lot of shit at Disney. I'm like, really? Really, you're blaming them for this? Seriously? <laughs> I think I again it really breaks down to the thing where it's like you know The Force Awakens was bad because it was uh, not different enough. This movie is too different though. That, that's exactly what I said. They 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 didn't like Force uh, Force Awakens because it was a rehash of Episode Four, and they don't like this one because it's not a rehash and it's an original and a kind of a combination of everything that came before. It's, it's the newest Star Wars has felt in a long time, and I think to a certain degree of fanboys. I'm not saying everyone is a fanboy, but you know at least one person in your life would fall into this grip. They don't like it. Because it doesn't reward them for being fanboys. It doesn't reward them for going over everything with a fine-tooth comb. It plays to all audiences. And I don't think they liked that for whatever reason. That they felt cheated and betrayed. That kind of goes both ways. Because I do comb over everything. And I really like this movie because it rewarded me. <laughs> you see, I think, and here's the thing, Matt. I think you like that. And the reason I liked it, too, is that we were able to view this as more than a movie. We were able to dig deeper and see the meta text and see what it means and see, like, oh, you know, that that's a shot they reuse. And, like, oh, that's he said something similar to what he says right there. Yeah. I think there's a certain type of fan who, like, no, I just watch it for, like, cool explosions and lightsaber yeah. things. Yep, yep. And that's exactly. the only thing I like, and I like force choking and lightning. I don't, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to dig any deeper into it. <laughs> which, yeah, which, again, I, I think that jag-off behind me with his kid was one of those. And you know how I know he was a jag-off? Because during that opening uh, bit with uh, Poe where he's doing the communicator gag, everyone in the theater laughed. That guy laughed and then went, oh, too much slapstick. And I'm like, uh... That's not so what slapstick you is. You don't know what that word means. Slapstick falling over or anything. Yeah, slapstick is like uh, Three Stooges comedy. It's like physical comedy. It's like exaggerated physical comedy. That was wordplay. That was a bit. That was shtick he was doing. I'm glad you can be loud, obnoxious, and wrong all at the same time. And talking in a movie theater. <laughs> oh, the... The, the worst of the worst. That's I, I was going to say, that's the trinity. That's like the quadrinity. <laughs> that's the four things of why you're human garbage. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, now, now I'm becoming Luke. I'm having flashbacks to my battle. Yeah, you got your bitter old man now. He lives on an island, drinks <laughs> the titty milk. <laughs> my Superman cup is filled with titty milk. <laughs> was, was it blue titty milk? I didn't see if it was blue or not. It, it was green. It was green. Okay, see, one of these days we'll have to find out where the blue titty milk comes from. That should be the plot of the third one. <laughs> Star Wars 3, The Search for the Blue Titty Milk. <laughs> for you see, whoever controls the titty milk controls the universe. <laughs> That's what the First Order is really after. <laughs> Uh, but yes, any any closing thoughts on this one, Matt? I think it's fair to say Matt and I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I think it's definitely safe to say I really enjoyed it. I I, I put it up there with Empire uh, as my one of my favorite Star Wars films. This definitely had some of my favorite Star Wars scenes out oh, of yeah. the side. 
saga uh, in it and i i can't wait to go i've seen it seen it twice already i want to see it again and i can't wait for the blu-ray yeah that's going to be really good to to quote rich evans on this a man whose uh, legacy is now intrinsically tied to the star wars universe i would just like to say it broke new ground (laughs) (laughs) it really did though it really did and there was atsts (laughs) atsts and lots of other stuff but it also broke new ground very cool yeah it 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 had its cake and ate it too and i think that's very rare for a summer blockbuster yeah winter blockbuster now but i mean still yeah is the next one coming out in winter is this the last one that's coming out in christmas time uh no the the episodes ones are coming are coming out in december the next one comes out in may which is the han solo one right which that's going to be interesting it is. it is. I'm surprised we haven't had a trailer yet. I'm surprised too. Hmm. I meant soon though. Soon, I imagine. Okay. Now I know Donald Glover's in that one. <laughs> I'm not just bullshitting and wrong and wishful thinking. I know he's Lando in that. No, they they recast is is someone else now. Damn it! <laughs> hey, when's, when's old ass Billy D. Williams going to show up in these Star Wars movies? That's what I want to know. Uh, when when he's needed, he wasn't really needed in any of these films. He wasn't. That's what I keep saying. If the third one, if they got to go and hunt down uh, Benicio del Toro's character, and they got to go to like the dark underbelly of the Star Wars universe, which would be fitting because that's how Return of the Jedi started if the next one was to start that way too. I want smooth-ass, old-ass Billy D. Williams to come strolling through. Hello, Ray. Welcome to my cantina. I want him, I want more Mars, and I want them to, to bring in uh, Sana Solo from the comics. That Those three. That'd be fine too. I, I support all of these endeavors. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. But when Billy D shows up, he also needs to be drinking a, a crisp, cool space Colt Forty Five. <laughs> Tastes good, doesn't it? Oh no, my friend Han is dead. I'm gonna pour this Colt Forty Five on the curb for him. That's <laughs> what I'm gonna do. <laughs> All right, everybody. So that's uh, that's the impromptu podcast, the one we didn't think we were going to have. We hope you enjoyed it. It might be the last one for 2017. It's probably going to be the last one for 2017, but you yeah. will be getting a show next week. You will be getting something kind of special next week, and I guess I guess we'll see you again in the new year after Matt and I recharge our batteries for a little bit. Definitely. All right, so thank you, everyone, for watching. As always, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else over on Patreon. Uh, oh, yep. pa- Patreon fixed their bullshit charging thing now, so if you took money away because you didn't want to be charged an extra 30 cents, uh, you can bring it back now. They fixed it. Yay. Yeah, everyone on the internet yelled at them just enough. <laughs> Which is funny because I was going to have a whole big thing just for patrons to be like, hey, if you only give a buck, I really appreciate it, but I know a buck 30 is like more than some people want to give. This is a I I'll understand if you want to leave and everything. But I didn't. I waited because I'm like, no, 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 everyone's yelling at them really hard right now. I, I feel like they're going to break any day now. And indeed, they broke. So that's good. They did. So yeah, good. Sometimes pissing and moaning on the internet actually does work. <laughs> yeah. Well, pissing, pissing and moaning for the right reason. Exactly. See, we need to weaponize the pissing and moaning and point it in the right direction. <laughs> we need to make it our Death Star. We need to have an orbital station where we concentrate pissing and moaning into a beam. 
<laughs> that makes people reverse their shitty uh, shitty new bylines and everything. But yeah, so you can listen to this one on Patreon. Everyone else, uh, you'll be getting this one Wednesday. Uh, so definitely be sure to look out for that. And uh, yeah, any, anything else you want to pitch, Matt, or is that, uh, is that it for now? Uh, that's pretty much it. All right, so uh, happy holidays then, everybody, and we'll be seeing you again in the new year. Bye. Bye-bye.